0: <laughs> Stargate It's a great big world
1: We're With the great crazy. big swirl, and you step inside To another world We're talking Stargate It's a crazy trip You can go Quite far and you don't need A car or even a ship It's getting tricky here There's a cur- and Daniel and you look out for that
2: good. drugs 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 which are good which are bad drugs 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 ask your mom and ask your dad Hey, welcome everyone to Jaffa Takes, the show where we make references to 90s Canadian PSAs. Ask your mom or your dad if they're Canadian about this. what I just sang. Because uh, this, is, this is Stargate, Season 2, Episode 5, titled Need, the drugs episode. Uh, except it's sci-fi, so it's weird. We'll talk about it. Joining me today, we have M...
1: Yeah, no, I almost thought you were going to go for "Don't you put it in your mouth," but I guess it doesn't really work. Yeah, no, anymore. it's
2: not. It doesn't not apply to this one. This is
0: the other PSA, uh, and we have Kavika with us also. <laughs> hey, uh, so our <laughs> version of dare did not have that. Uh, you no. did not ask your parents whether or not drugs were good for you.
2: Oh yeah, I I I hadn't even like. Uh, considered the meaning of the lyrics of this song, where they, like, I, I, I actually looked it up on YouTube so that I would remember it right, but it's like, when they say which are good and which are bad, they show, like, aspirin when they say which are good, and then it, like, shifts over to, like, needles and pot and stuff, it's, it, anyway. That's Yay. fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. Yeah. This is, uh, like I said, the, this episode is called Need. Uh, this is like, yeah, I mentioned drugs a lot. This isn't really about drugs, but it's also obviously very about drugs. It's about the sarcophagus that suddenly has addictive side effects because the writers realized that, uh, they'd come up with a piece of alien tech that was too useful. So they had to make up some kind of drawback to it so that the, the, we wouldn't like always ask, Why don't they just put them in the sarcophagus?
0: But uh, yeah, no, uh, no, uh, they are dare. I believe did not want you to (laughs) associate over-the-counter drugs with drugs. Yeah. (laughs)
2: Yeah, right. They don't want. Yeah, I get it. Like ours, obviously, is the Canadian version of it, so it's a little bit more sensible and nuanced. But like, still, it's still that. Yeah. (laughs) Uh,
0: No. Uh, Uh. uh, 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 First of all, uh, everybody, everybody is going to offer (laughs) you drugs, and don't do them. Yeah, that's bad.
2: Yes, just Uh, say no. That was the thing. Just
0: say no, because everybody will offer you drugs. Everybody. Uh And they're not just going to be like, hey, you want to smoke some No, no, no. A stranger on the street will walk up to you and be like, hey, man, you want to shoot up some heroin? You're only 11, (laughs) but it's cool. You know? You've got money, right?
2: Hey, some kid from the suburbs who has no money and is like upper class or something wants some free drugs that like I hoard and like I'm, I'm addicted to them or I sell them for money or something. But yeah, sure, whatever. Wanna 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 sh- shoot up some heroin? Yeah, Uh that's that's how it works, as we all know.
0: Yeah, no, there was there was uh, uh, no no real good interpretation. That was at, and I was out in the country too, so it wasn't even just like. Yeah. Ah, uh, you're gonna be hanging out at this park, park, shooting, shooting hoops, and some guy's gonna, no, I'm, I'm going to be riding my bike, uh, uh-huh. around the trailer park, and some dude is absolutely not going to hang out of his trailer, uh, oh yeah, and be like, hey, why don't you come in here and, uh, uh smoke some crack? Uh, yeah, that's, that's not going to happen.
2: The crackheads are just like desperately lonely people. They just, they just want company and they, they'll offer all their drugs to someone to just be with them while they're, uh, having their highs and whatnots. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah. So, uh, the, so I compared this episode to the Buffy episode titled Beer Bad, which is, uh, which was like, uh, made as a part of a, like an anti drug, uh, Hey, um, yeah, so, so that buff, yeah, no, no, no worries. Uh, that, that Buffy episode that was made, like, they, they got, uh, uh, subsidies for writing episodes that were like anti drugs from the oh, US cannot. government. Uh, and it was like about magic beer that turned Buffy into a cavewoman. And it's like a, a highly disliked episode of that show and it's like I, I, I kind of always saw that episode as like tongue-in-cheek and kind of sarcastic in a way that the writers didn't like that they had to do it this way and they kind of made it shitty on purpose uh, not not everyone agrees that this is how it, that it was supposed to be that way I don't know uh, not in the mind of Joss Whedon anyway all that to say
1: this episode is extremely not that
2: this, this, this episode is not that but also it's, it's it, it has just enough anti-drug stuff in there that I had to look up if it was like part of a similar program because it's about the same era as that Buffy one. And like I, I say, I looked it up and like I apparently like a lot of shows had episodes that like went, went through that program and got subsidies. And like not all of them are documented, but I could find no direct confirmation that this specific episode is in any way linked to that so uh i i i, I really don't know either way pa- part of a problem also is that this emp- this episode has absolutely cursed seo uh it's impossible to find it on google <laughs> stargate need drugs program no that's not that the, google doesn't understand what you're trying to say there um <laughs> anyway um yeah, this uh, the, this this episode is also you know as as I alluded to uh, like a, a a little like content patch not 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 a content a balance patch for for the the sarcophagus because the writers were like we need to make this thing less awesome because uh, it's going to be a problem and also we're setting up the Tok'ra for later in the season and that's going to be that's going to be linked into all that stuff uh, that's kind of alluded to in one scene in this episode uh, anyway. We open on some uh p something planet uh where s g1 is observing what appears to be uh some Jaffa delivering Nakoda through the stargate to other to another planet um but as we'll learn later, these are actually all humans so, uh undergoing it so
1: they're going to make a point about this that this guy is very para- is very paranoid about being found out uh-huh.
2: Yeah, they... He
1: apparently doesn't have people watching the gate to have noticed them when <laughs> they came in.
2: <laughs> that's that's a good point. Yeah, they know what the Stargate is, but they don't have... Like, I guess... I don't know. They, Honestly,
1: that's just a reoccurring thing that's probably kind of necessary for the premise that nobody else does the same thing Earth does and actually just has people <laughs> guarding the gate all the time.
2: Yeah, maybe not. We're just the, the only ones smart enough to like put ours in a bunker surrounded by the army. Um, (laughs) that's a very good point, I guess, because, like, most of the people on this planet are presumably slaves working in the mines, and, like, some of them are the cops that are cosplaying as Jaffa in this whole thing, and that's pretty much it, that's the only people we see, and also, like, the royal family, um... Speaking of which, uh, Princess Shyla, I guess of this of this planet, is uh, walking along with those fake Jaffa priests, and she kind of skedaddles off to the side while everyone is uh, walking back towards their uh, pyramid. Uh, and she like walks off into the woods, and Daniel goes, "Hey, hang on there. Let's follow this lady and see what happens with her." Uh, and like, uh, she goes all the way up to the edge of a cliff and like, uh, clearly, <laughs> uh, mimics that she's about to jump, uh, for like reasons that aren't really clear. Like, we don't get the sense that she's depressed for this whole episode or that she's like so, fo- that she's, uh, withdrawn from the sarcophagus, which is gonna be the other thing because she's like, she's addicted to it
1: Apparently the way. I mean, has, I mean, it's not really
0: as clear as how much she's been using it, but yeah. Mm-hmm. Every it's also not very a tall. It's this- not a tall cliff.
2: No, yeah, <laughs> it's also yeah. You, you're in the Rockies. You would think you could find a real tall mountain to jump off of? But this is just the edge of uh, some quarry, uh, like hill uh, <coughs> that she's on top of. And like, yeah, she's gonna. But I guess like as a cry for. Though- Sorry.
1: Is the only episode of a science fiction show that has a quarry set that's actually just a, that's actually in universe quarry?
2: <laughs> that happens. Yeah, because like they, they keep going to these mining planets. So I guess, yeah, this is a literal quarry both in and out of universe. Um, uh, yeah, so she's just like, ah, I'm going to jump uh, for like, yeah, again, unclear reasons because she wants attention from her dad or something. It's not clear. This lady is like, I described her in our little group chat as all red flags. She's like a a Canadian flag without the white in it. Uh, She's like, yeah, the first time we see her, she's threatening suicide for for like unsupported by the text reasons, I guess. Even like, you know, she's a fictional character, so I don't have to psychanalyze her that much. Uh, But yeah, anyway, this is just to give Daniel an excuse to go over there and rescue her, and for them to get caught, and for like. Him to meet her and to have her like uh, immediately imprint upon him and decide that she's in love with him because she's once like I said nothing but red flags. She clearly has some kind of psychological uh, attachment issues. Um, anyway, yeah. So,
1: immediately daniel blows the mission because of a pretty of a pretty girl yeah. and i could just hear Jim, i could hear Jim, jimmy dean making fun of him for getting
2: his <laughs> yeah well he's gonna like textually forget it well not forget he's gonna disregard his wife for this episode and like carter is actually gonna remind him and he's gonna be like ah yeah she might as well be dead though we haven't seen her in the season because this is gonna be a uh, junkie daniel from three quarters of the way through the through the episode that's going to say that, because he's going to be mean. Um, anyway, yeah, he also blew the mission, to be fair, to save a life. Like, it wasn't nothing, that was Daniel being Daniel and, like, doing the Paragon move and saving someone's life there. Uh, well, like, I guess, like, b- b- subscribing to the fiction that this cliff is actually tall enough and not like, and the sand <laughs> at the bottom of it is, uh, hard enough that she would have actually died by falling on top of it. But anyway, uh, <laughs> but yeah, the, these, these fake Jaffa just like sneak up behind them and, and catch them, uh, doing that. And of course, since this girl is the princess of this planet, they go, Hey, what are you doing with her? And they, they just seize all of them and bring them over to their lord, uh, who's Pyrus, the God Slayer. Uh, <clears throat> and then yeah. And like the, the, Shyla, the lady is standing there and like she like introduces her dad and he, and like they, the he says, you attacked my daughter. And like, yeah, uh, this nice lady doesn't, uh, doesn't like set, set the story straight or anything. She doesn't deny that because, <laughs> you know, once again, she's fucked up and evil, kinda, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, she wants to keep the cover. Doesn't want her dad to know that she's suicidal. I guess so. She like decides to just let him, you know, condemn these four people to working to death in the Naquada mines. Um, oh yeah, there's a there's a little bit at the start of this. Uh, scene where uh, the Jafar asked the the people to uh, SG one to kneel and Oni says actually I have my I ha- I my 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 knee hurts and I don't want like he, he says he's, he's got a cartilage <laughs> pro- problem so he can't kneel uh, first of all. Uh, big Relate, uh, I realized, like, my knees are, are a little fucked up after uh, a lot of uh, working from home for the past couple of years. <laughs> I went to go bowling recently and realized that maybe I need to see someone about that anyway. Uh, second of all, apparently that's Richard D. E. Dennison really did have uh, knee problems after uh, shooting several seasons of MacGyver, uh, an intense action show that he was on when he was it younger. It was
0: a very physical show sometimes, Yeah,
2: yeah. There you go, and so apparently he brought a little bit of truth to t- to his role in in that one scene, and he did in fact have trouble uh, doing strenuous activity with his knees. Um, so yeah, uh, yeah, there all all of that. Yeah, that that the the the, the end result of that scene is uh, they 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 get sent to the mines to uh, bang on some rocks with uh, some um, shitty little uh, hammers.
1: Pyrus also just like. Every one-off bad guy is just goes up to a real creepy would Sam.
2: Oh yeah, he he just like he grabs her face really aggressively in a really uh, uncomfortable looking way. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's gross. Uh, but this is like because they're 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 nailing it home so that you remember that he touched her a whole bunch. Like he, he also like pets her hair a bit and everything. Yeah, and this is yeah, th-
1: this is going to set up a thing later. Yeah, but it's still like why no. is she? only one there's no not creepy way to
2: explain that yeah it is it is creepy like because yeah this isn't like a, an episode about her being a pretty lady on like that or those other ones um <clears throat> but yeah it's it's uh, yeah it's that um so yeah they're in the mines now uh and this is where like yeah immediately she says uh, carter says you know um uh, no, wait, I don't think any of these people are ghouled because since I've had Jolinar in my head, I also have the power to sense when someone is a ghoul or a Jaffa, which is uh, adding from last week's, uh, mysterious Nakoda powers, uh, where, the, like, last week the Nakoda blood blocked uh, the, the VR machine from reading her mind and in this one it's established that uh, she can now tell when someone is a ghoul versus not and in this case uh, no one on this planet is a ghoul that Gould.
1: was kind of set up too though with uh, the, the kid in that episode
2: oh yeah that's right uh, Cassandra when she yeah you're right yeah. she sensed that so that's been like established it's, it's, it is further established in this one uh, and yeah they said like uh, sorry
1: before we get too far though I do want to point out that we are now. We are five episodes into the <laughs> season, and in all five of them, at least one member of S- of SG One has been in prison. <laughs>
2: yeah, that, that's right. Uh, in it, like in one of them, it was just Carter in uh, in the line of duty, and in the the other four ones, all of SG One was like uh, put in prison for one reason or another by someone. Uh, if you count, you know, being forcibly detained in a VR simulation last episode as being imprisoned, which you should, uh, that's a form of imprisonment. Uh, yeah, but I, I looked up the next few episodes. That, that, the next time this happens is in f- a whole five episodes. So <laughs> relax, everyone. The, and it we only get, happens get like two crazy. or three more times for the rest of this season. So it's not like the. <laughs> They, they they only about get imprisoned a third of the time, I I'd say. It's it's you know, it's not a great average, I'll admit. Um they, they
1: sure they definitely front loaded a bunch of you know? Oh yeah.
2: I mean it's a it's a nice go to way to create some drama in your show to have your main characters uh stuck in jail. Um um, yeah, so there's a, there's a little bit after they discuss this where, uh, O'Neill gets a little mouthy at the guards. And he, like, this guard, like, hits him in the back of the knee again to force him to kneel. Like, for the whole rest of this, this episode is gonna happen. I think another time after this, th- this specific guard keeps hitting him in the knee after he complained about his knee earlier, specifically to bully him. Uh, he sucks. Um. Uh, but he goes, yeah, you will work or you will not eat. Uh, so that's the, plop, the That's the point. They're slaves now. Uh, we cut to later that night, um, where they're, hang on. Yeah, they're, they, are they they so they, they're, they're still working and they're getting kind of tired. Uh, they get, uh, yeah, so they get unshackled for, cause, cause it's time, I guess, to go eat and sleep. Uh, but yeah, as, like when when uh, <laughs> when O'Neill is unshackled, like the guard asks him, "How's your knee?" and he goes, "Ah, oh, it's much better now." And then like he uh, grabs this this guy's staff and kind of knocks him out with it. Uh, Teal also knocks out a different guard, and then there's there's a shot where he takes the hammer he was using to mine, and he like just kind of one hand tosses it at, at another guard, which really made me think, hey, Christopher Judge tossing uh, some kind of weapon like that is really uh, an, a premonition, premonition in a way, uh, very uh, very God of War like, I guess. Um, Doesn't he get Mulder well
1: in the in the? The newest that, ones? that sounds I right. I actually played Ragnarok. Yeah, I haven't played
2: either of the new ones, but he does have an axe that he throws, thusly, and then like can recall to his hand. I know that much. Uh, similar kind of stuff. Um, yeah, so uh, they they cause a commotion. Only actually has one of the staff weapons, which are real staff weapons for once, uh, that he uses to shoot one of the other guards, and they start running off. Uh, but then another guard does come up behind them, and as they 're uh, about to slip out the door, shoots uh the door frame that Daniel is currently under, and it caves in on him and Now, I have to complain uh to this t v show uh as like formal complaint from this podcast specifically <laughs> because they go to check up on Daniel and Carter takes his pulse, and she says he 's alive they could have just cut that bit out, and this would count as a Daniel death. We could ha- we could add a ding to the counter <laughs> if it wasn't for that one line, because the rest of the episode wouldn't need to change in any way for that to be true. The, yeah, that was a no, free death.
1: Has already, the sarcophagus has already brought him back from death a couple times. Right,
2: we know the sarcoph- sarcophagus can do that. That was free, y'all. You could have had a free Daniel death there, and you chose not to have it. Shame on you. Um, but yeah, no, Daniel's alive. He's just badly hurt. Uh, and of course what they decide to do at this point uh, i guess is just Shiloh now she goes she hears that he's hurt and she requests specifically to have him uh brought over and put in the sarcophagus because that that's how she's going to save his life um and then yeah we got we get a small conversation between her and her dad where he goes hey the mine is kind of starting to run dry we're going to get in, be in trouble if we can't keep up the deliveries because the gold are going to be up to our tricks uh she goes, "Hey, relax. You're gonna die soon anyway, and I- I'm gonna take care of it. Don't you worry about that." Uh,
1: yeah, the fact that they're running out of is not brought up, really brought up again. Uh huh. Yeah. But despite the no. way it ends, that should be a relevant factor.
2: Yeah, it should be because after this episode, like they're gonna keep. Uh, it's gonna be like presumed that they keep, uh, like positive relations with this planet, and that they they trade with them, uh. And uh, yeah, it's gonna be like they're gonna get some nacura out of that trade starting from this episode supposedly. So like, and we don't know if any other planets that has given Earth any nacura, despite the fact that in the premiere of this season they had uh, enough to stick in in like two uh, missiles to th- to throw at the ships. So they had some from somewhere. Uh, don't know where it was from, but anyway, th- for the, in this one for the first time we get uh we get an actual source that presumably is going to be what fuels them for the uh, the foreseeable future for a while uh anyway but yeah it's uh, apparently they're running out uh yeah uh, another thing is it, it's going to be mentioned that earth can um help them with better mining than you know slaves with hammer uh so <laughs> So that's good. Yeah, presumably they're just going to bring in the like the heavy-duty uh, industrial mining equipment and just strip mine the shit out of this quarry and like get all that Naquita out and like in huge quantities. Uh, turns out they weren't running out You're, at all. You maybe can
1: make, you can make your slaves much more efficient. Yeah,
2: right. You can just like bring capitalism to this planet. That'll help everyone. Uh, like, yeah. Anyway, we see after this con- little conversation is done. Uh Shyla presses a button on the big stone uh, dais that is in the throne room of this planet and like we see that the bottom of it slide open and like it opens and there's a sarcophagus in there and Daniel is already in there so he's been revived or healed uh by the sarcophagus from his cave in related wounds. Um <clears throat> And uh, like also yeah she, I guess she also dressed him up in uh evil yeah, like m- must have robes. Um, Like, she has some big, big shoulder pads. Um,
1: also, I want to talk about her dress in this scene, because oh, yeah. it's weird.
2: Yeah, she likes it's beads. Like a pretty
1: no- in itself, is a norm- pretty normal, like, peach, almost skin-colored dress. Uh-huh. And, yeah, she's just covered her torso in beads. in like it- that, in some shots in the standard definition, it basically looks like she's naked except for beads. Yeah, it, it almost seems like that's what... Know?
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. That they want you to think that this lady might be wearing nothing underneath there because she's so sexy and seductive. Um, yeah, she's basically wearing like a rib cage worth of beads all over her chest. It's a it's a really uh, k- kind of impressive uh, piece of jewelry, I guess, that she has on, uh, even though it's probably actually pretty cheap. Um, anyway, uh, yeah, uh, Daniel is coming out of there in full. You know. Uh, Romulan Regalia, uh, and asking about his glasses, uh, and like, she's like, Oh, sorry, uh, they broke in the cave in, and she hands it, he hands them to him. And yeah, one of the lenses is cracked, uh, but yeah, he puts them on, if he puts them on anyway, cause I guess, uh, the, the sarcophagus has not quite healed his eyes yet from j- just this one use. Um, and she thinks he's so adorable with his broken glasses, even though she called them circles, so she doesn't know what glasses are. But anyway, um, uh, next scene. Yeah, uh, this this slave kid brings a cup of disgusting brown uh- muddy water to O'Neill. <laughs> he, he quaffs it down, spilling most of it down his shirt, which is you know very nice to do when you're dying of thirst. Um, also, doesn't give any water to Carter or Teal, who are standing right next to him. <laughs> uh, <laughs> anyway, uh, they're fucked they're, up. They're like, fine. he's covered in suit now. Um, so, oh yeah, okay. So, a funny little scene comes after where. Uh, <laughs> Shyla is walking Daniel through the forest and she's like looking around all smiles and stuff. And Daniel's like, Oh, what are we? What am I looking at? And she goes, Isn't it? Have you ever seen anything so, so great as these, which we call trees? <laughs> and Daniel <laughs> looks around and go, uh, Yeah, I've seen them a bunch. Like unstated. We, these are the exact same trees that we, that are on every planet we go to. <laughs> because every planet is. The
0: forests of Vancouver.
2: <laughs> yep, every planet is shot in, in this specific exact spot of the forest, I guess. Uh, <laughs> uh, and then, like, yeah, she goes, she goes to Muir and go. Oh, I'm sure you've seen so many great, uh, wonderful things in your space adventures and la la la. <laughs> Daniel's like, yeah, okay, that's great and everything. How about freeing my friends? You've enslaved for nothing though, because you know. Like, we're, they're accused of, of trying to kill you and you know that's not true. So, how about you, like, wave your, you know, tell your dad to help them? Uh, and she goes, ah, you know, I mean, I'm gonna, it's gonna, yeah, I could do that, but you should come with me and, like, talk to my dad and, like, get him to trust you and then you'll convince him, uh, whatever. Like, so she pulls some bullshit at him. And he goes, yeah, all right, I guess we'll do that. Um, uh, and he, like, yeah, he, uh, he asks if, if they could, uh, go talk to him right now and she like keeps going in her weird little fantasy and she says you know my mom said before she died my mom said that i would meet someone who came from the stars and that i would like he would become my husband or whatever and then like kind of just rolls his eyes at this point and goes oh wow great awesome Uh uh-huh yeah and realizes that she's kind of crazy great uh
0: I feel like uh, I feel like that's not that's not too like far like absurd of a thing to say when you have a Stargate, right? Yeah, it's, it's, it's and, like saying oh, so, royalty, someone you know like uh, yeah. It, it's
1: it's I mean the star- it's but the star only people who come through the Stargate are the followers of the of uh, yeah. like the god your dad killed. Sure, yeah. you it, know,
2: but maybe her mom was like hoping that they'd meet. Some kind of other space heroes that would destroy the ghouls and free them. And that's what, that was her way of like romanticizing that fantasy to her daughter. I don't know. Uh, but yeah, you're right. It's kind of like the, the equivalent of saying someday some, you'll meet a guy from Europe in a bar and you'll really hit it off and you'll fall in love. It's whatever. (laughs) Um,
1: so we skipped. Very specific is all. Yeah.
2: Um, we skip to the next scene in the mines and like I guess we've skipped ahead a bit now because Daniel is already evil now uh, like oh, scene to scene he's now uh, no wait that's not he's not evil quite yet he goes to see them right now he's still wearing his broken no, glasses
1: he's just the jerk right now
2: yeah right now he's just like in hey let's go and spread the the exposition mode and tell them I'm working to help you and I, I'm not I haven't gotten to get them to actually do what I want so far, but uh, he's he's been a little smug and everything because like O'Neill points out that he's dressed nicely and he goes, "Oh yeah, <laughs> these are royal robes," and he smiles a little bit too much, which is you know not very nice when your friends are right there, like in their shirts and covered in soot and dying of of uh, exhaustion and thirst and everything. Uh, and he, he tells them yeah so I'm gonna I'm gonna meet her dad tonight because she kind of likes me and like she wants me to she wants to do, introduce me to her dad so I'm gonna play along and ask him to free you and it's gonna be fine uh, <laughs> which you know you, you think someone might point out hey if you're being invited to dinner with this guy who accused you of trying to kill his daughter maybe just that alone clears up this misunderstanding and he can make us go free right uh, but no no one no one brings that up. Uh, Daniel is just being kind of an overconfident jerk at this point. He's goes, yeah, 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 I'll talk to him. He's going to free you. It's going to be fine. Um, uh, and Daniel tries to impress on them that, you know, this is a planet with an aqua mine, and we don't want to piss him off too much, so maybe we don't call the army over from Earth to come and free you, and we try to find a peaceful solution. And O'Neill does not take that well. He's like, yeah, whatever. <laughs> um and yeah, Daniel mentions that he has a feast uh, tonight with the with the <laughs> king. And only is like feast. <laughs> Fuck off, because uh, <laughs> like
1: they, they only give they only give us brown water here. We don't even get the sledge from the last pri- from like two prisons ago.
2: Right, and we're we're about to learn that the king actually like Pyrus ordered uh, them to be worked to death without <laughs> rest or food or anything. So they're actually just on a twenty four seven shift of of this fucking mind like every minute they could drop dead at this point uh and he's like yeah i'm going to go eat uh these delicious salsas i get uh, these delicious tortilla chips in salsa uh which is what they seem i we don't get close ups of the food or anything but it just looks like to be what they're eating um
1: anyway yeah so it's something he is dipping in something else that's <laughs> what we can
2: tell yeah it's just the way that that So Okay, we're we're at the next scene, uh, still in the throne room, but now there's a table laid out with food, and they sit down at it. And Pyrus is just sitting at the end of it, like uh, bent over his plate, and he seems to be like like I said, dipping chips in salsa and eating them. And the way he's just sh- shoveling them in his mouth and like kind of like not even paying attention to what's going on around him is uh, it, it 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 strikes me very much as you know father in law trying to eat some chips and like to leave him alone.
1: Like, Daniel does have a has a line here where he's like has very incredulously it's like, oh, it's just me? And it's like, oh yeah, no, we spent our entire extra budget on slaves this episode. We don't have anyone for the royal feast.
2: <laughs> right. Yeah. It's a feast just just for just for the three of you. Uh, I, I I I also like this the this little bit where uh, like there's a there's like an awkward moment in the conversation when nobody's talking, and then Shiloh's like, "Hey, Dad, tell him about how you became the God Slayer." And like Pyrus, just like between two ships, goes, "I killed the gods," and <laughs> that's it. <laughs> that's the end of the story. <laughs> um, yeah, but then he says, "Like, how long ago was that?" And he says, "Yeah, seven hundred years." Uh, and then Daniel realizes, "Whoa, the Sarcophagus can actually keep you like." Alive for a really long time. That's weird. Uh, and then, like, he has a moment where he thinks maybe Shiloh is also centuries old, but she's like, no, no, I'm, I'm normal years old. It's fine. <laughs> don't, don't think about it too much. It's, it's not weird or anything. <laughs> it raises the question of how old was her dad when she was born, but you know, whatever. Um, anyway, uh, yeah. And then Daniel tries to, uh, bring up the point of like, hey, so uh if no one here is a gould and you're like and you're just you know, why why do you have all these slaves in the mine working? Shouldn't you like find another way to do this thing and like maybe we could help you and stuff and like Pirate doesn't take this well. He he just kinda crosses his arms and stares at him and goes Yeah, uh like like Daniel kinda call, calls him out on like going, hey, you're, you're, you, this is a masquerade. You're trying to fool the ghoul into, into believing that you're, that there's still a ghoul here. And uh, like he doesn't like, yet yeah, that's what, uh, Paris, uh, goes, yeah, I, he goes like, uh, I'm not hungry anymore. <laughs> He just gets up and starts to leave. And like Daniel goes, wait, wait, okay, uh, wait, can you please free my friends? Uh, and he goes, no, kill them. <laughs> and like Shiloh, I guess, like plays the, okay, <laughs> let's find a compromise here. And she goes, how about you, you, we do what you said at first and you just work them to death forever. And he goes, I said that. Yeah. Okay. Then do that.
0: Uh, I do so like, that's great. I do that- <laughs> like how. The Gua hate each other so much uh-huh. that as long as you get your your oh, yeah. uh uh your, your delivery your, your monthly delivery of, yeah. of of stuff, they're like that's fine I don't want to talk yeah to you. don't don't, don't send anyone to me. As, as, don't call yeah, me right i don't i don't want it I don't want anything it came in that's good yep H- how are it's, they doing I don't care.
2: <laughs> <laughs> it's it, it's very true to life. As as long as your client delivers, you're fine. You don't have a problem. Don't care what's going on there. Like it's not like this episode never confirms or infirms if there's even anyone on the other end of that stargate receiving the nacuadat. They might be dumping all that in a pile <laughs> at the bottom big, of the stargate. It's <laughs> just
0: a big pile on the other side. That's all they need to do. The stargate. They just need to dial it out, go over there, and they're like, holy shit, there's like 75 (laughs) years worth of Naquita here. We don't even need to talk to these guys anymore.
2: It's just in heaps. It's already mined for us. We just have to pick it up, literally. Uh
0: (laughs) It looks like all the hats
2: in The Prestige. (laughs) Right. Um, Anyway, yeah. Um, so yeah, that that's it, then Pyrus just goes to bed, uh, and then Shiloh comes back to, and talks to Daniel and says Hey, don't worry, I've, t- I've talked to the guards They're gonna treat them well as they work them to death without rest or water or, <laughs> or food uh, <laughs> And Daniel's like, hey this is bullshit, though, we need to, like do better to help them They're and, on like, a death like, march, uh,
1: humanely yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs> Very, very US foreign policy of them Um, but, yeah, so Shiloh's like, yeah, we'll we'll do that. You know, it's going to take time. We're going to talk to my dad and, like, convince him slowly while your friends are dying slowly. We're just going to convince him slowly and it's going to be fine. Um, uh, why don't you, like, rest in your sarcophagus for a little bit and, like, we'll talk about it in the morning, I guess. Uh, <laughs> so that's, uh, yeah. And and then also, yeah, she kisses him and he, like, is not into it at first. Uh so, yeah, he doesn't... I don't think he even mentions his wife at this point. But, yeah, when he doesn't he does like not. it, she... Sorry?
1: He, he does not mention her at to his to his girl yeah, he, no, at all.
2: He doesn't say that. He's already a little bit high off of the sarcophagus, I guess. Uh, but, yeah, when she, like she gets upset that he did not kiss her well... and she goes you know what maybe a little you know a little sarco rest is what you need and you'll feel all better in the morning and like Daniel tries weekly to say hey that's I don't need that I'm not hurt or anything and she goes yeah but like imagine how good you'll feel if you go in there when you're already healthy it's gonna be so good and imagine like over overclocking your health like that that's 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 like you know get on that grind son uh (laughs) So he goes. Now, okay, I feel
1: like this is just an incredible abuse of the magic healing machine to like put your new boy toy in there because he's not getting to out. Yeah. Right?
2: Yeah. 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 It is. Um, <laughs> don't do not. Over- they should just. this should just come with a big warning with like. a a picture, like a a big bar that takes up half of the height of the sarcophagus and a photo of Daniel's junky face from the end of this episode on it that says, you know, sarcophagus could lead you to become crazy like this. Uh, Don't overuse. Um... Also, I I just like to point out. I think I've said this before. It really looks like the sarcophagus prop isn't very deep. It barely had. It's barely deep enough for a person to lie down in it. And it really looks like that lid is going to. Looks
1: like he's going to get his face cut off when that thing is closed. Yeah, it looks like it's going to
2: pinch his nose every time. And it's like you couldn't make it just like one inch deeper, guys. Like, what if you need to 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 put someone with a slightly bigger head in there? You're like, he's not going to fit anyway. Yeah, um but
1: michael shanks is actually a pretty big guy but yeah right it because he's constantly standing next to christopher judge who is who
2: is huge yeah christopher judge would <laughs> simply not fit in the sarcophagus to be fair uh <laughs> yeah michael shanks gets away uh, by having long hair and wearing baggy clothes and no one can tell he's built thanks to that um so yeah, uh, we're, we're on earth now, uh, and like Hammond is just receiving a communication from Daniel and saying, and who's just sending like a report and saying, Hey, still haven't freed SG1. Don't send the army. Still trying to resolve <laughs> this dipl- diplomatically. I'll call you again in, a, in 24 hours. And that's it. Um. <laughs>
1: very uncharacteristic of him to have not sent someone after like yeah. after like two of those. Yeah, he,
2: he just trusts Daniel so much doesn't consider that he might be compromised in some way. Uh, he's like, well, Daniel said don't send anyone, we're not gonna send anyone, I guess. I mean, that, that makes sense. Like, there's been situations where where it was clearly a bad idea to send people over but this is just not one of those. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, anyway, yeah, we're back in it the mind. Like
1: the Message. he is like he has like three quarters
2: of the way to a Mark Campbell joker impression <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> so this is like, yeah we're back in the mine, and uh Daniel is now now Daniel is evil uh well he's like he's a he's junkie mold now he, he's like this is this is the scene that made me think Michael Shanks probably knew someone who was addicted to drugs in his life and like based that acting on this person because it looks like someone doing an actual impression of someone. Who is who has a drug problem because uh, that that's what's going on. He's uh, he's very you know jumpy and staring and everything. He doesn't have his glasses on. He's gonna say that the sarcophagus fixed his eyes, which is gonna be temporary, I guess, because by next episode he's gonna have them back. But uh, anyway, um, uh, and yeah, he's he's like kind of like speaking in all directions too fast and like sweatily and everything uh it's oh,
1: that's gonna be horrifying actually to think about it yeah because the way you need glasses because your eye, your eyes end up getting that your eyeballs right. are not fully spheres yeah yeah, yeah. and if it goes back they're grow. your eyeballs are just yeah. growing into weird shapes in a matter of days right it's, you're asleep one-
0: though it's okay yeah, from what I
2: remember, myo- myopia. Well, the most common form of myopia is co- is caused by your eye being too deep. It's like it's not spherical enough. So presumably, when his eyes get fucked up again, like his eye kind of gets squished and gets deeper. Yeah, that's that's upsetting to think about. <laughs> um, anyway, um, so yeah, uh uh yeah so daniel g- goes over and say, like uh o'neill is well the rest of SG one is not happy with him and they're like hey man what the fuck we've been over here slowly dying for days and now you come over what's going on and he goes he's like he, he seems to remember in this exact moment that he was trying to get them out like he's just forgotten about it um And he's like, hey, but I wanted, I wanted to tell you something awesome though. Um, (laughs) (laughs) and they're like, hey, Daniel, we are dying. Help us. Um. Uh, and like he said, he says, uh, yeah, but check this out though. If you, if you use the sarcophagus when you're already healthy, it makes you feel so fucking good and you can like (laughs) live forever and it's great because there's no downsides. And also, I'm gonna marry this girl because she trusts me now and it's all part of the plan. I have a plan. It's gonna be fine. I don't need, like, he points out that he doesn't need glasses anymore. Isn't that great? Uh, he like, he says that right after he said, There's no side effects of the sarcophagus. And like Carter says, yeah, that's a side effect, Daniel, (laughs) that (laughs) you fixed your eyes. Uh, (laughs) Um, uh, And like, uh, Yeah, O'Neill says something like, yeah, get us out, or we're gonna have to break out, and it's not gonna be pretty. And, like, Dino says, yeah, no, don't do that, I'm working on it. And I've contacted Hammond and told him not to send anyone to rescue you, because everything's gonna be fine, I got it. Uh, (laughs) O'Neill is not pleased. Uh... And like Daniel says, yeah, but like, if we resolve this without violence, we'll have all this Nakoda and the sarcophagus, which is clearly like, he, he puts a lot of sweat on that line to to really hammer home the point that that's the part he really cares about. Um, he says like, yeah, he, Sam asks him how many times he's used it. He said, I don't know, nine or 10. He's like, (laughs) he's lost count. So that's good uh, already. Like also nine, nine or 10 times either he's been using it like, four times a day or or they've been there for ten days now, which is like fucked up. It's
0: um, a long time to be <laughs> yeah. uh working in the mine and right. drinking and drinking uh pond water. Yep, exactly.
2: Uh yeah, okay, just, just the I'm gonna marry her a bit after that. Uh it's a little <laughs> later than I thought. Um Yeah, and like uh, when he he's like insulted when the rest of SG1 uh, thinks that his <laughs> plan is a dumb shit idea that's not gonna work and they're gonna die he goes oh fuck you then and he just kind of waves them off and leaves which is very reassuring um and then like yeah so we're back in the throne room now and shyla is like all right uh Bad news time. My dad is dying and like the sarcophagus has lost its effect. It can't keep up with him anymore and he's going to die and I'm going to be queen and I'm scared. And Daniel is like full uh, douchebag power pose staring in the distance and goes, Hey, that's not so bad. You're going to be queen, baby. It's going to be all better. I don't, I'm sorry that your dad died or anything, but isn't that great that we can do this now? Uh, and like she doesn't like she very meekly barely doesn't like clearly she still like likes him too much to like push back against the fucked up shit that he's saying uh but- <laughs> but then, yeah, he he goes into a monologue, just like listening to himself talk more than more than he's listening to her saying, "Hey, back on my planet, I always felt so out of place uh, for some reason. Like being one of the heroes who saved the world multiple times wasn't fulfilling to me, and also looking for my wife that was kidnapped by bad guys. But ever since I came here and became addicted <laughs> to the sarcophagus, everything's been looking up, and now I just want to be here forever. And I think that's fine, and I don't think that's a problem." <laughs>
1: um yeah this is nothing to worry about
2: yeah no it's 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 also not very subtle and just the this episode all all told uh not one with a lot of nuance in it um then yeah back in the mind we get the little uh exposition scene where uh they're passing that cup of brown water around and we see that Carter has those off, and like as O'Neill is handing her the water, she wakes up in the startled and says, We don't use the sarcophagus. And then, like,
0: she, hey. she realizes,
2: Yeah, yeah.
0: They've, got, they've got star bit screws on this planet. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry.
2: Oh, nice. I like you're right. We can see that on this nice HD stream. Um, <laughs> Uh, that's that's a good point Phillips screwdriver is a standard across the galaxy Uh,
0: (laughs) um, anyway the the sign of civilization is the inclined plane (laughs) (laughs) right
2: Um, alright yeah so uh, Carter figures out that she was having a Joel in our dream right just now Uh, you know it's gonna be uh, more the, the whole thing with Joel R's memories is going to be a lot more central to the plot coming up later this season and next season, but this is, like, kind of brought up sideways right now that the fact that she was with Joel R for a whole day or whatever means that their minds kind of melded and their memories were shared and she's still keeping like, in the back of her subconscious, some of what Joel and Ar knew. Uh, and one thing that, like, yeah, she just dreamed about a memory of n- the Tok'ra not using the the, the, the sarcophagus for some reason. And, like, she said she heard the word kalash, And then, like, uh, Tilk says, yeah, that's a good world word. It means soul. And she goes, like, oh, so the the Tok'ra thing, the sarcophagus, steals your soul. That's why. Um,
1: But, you know, if the Tok'ra, you know, responsibly used the sarcophagus, you know, to stop hosts from dying. Yeah. They would be in a lot better position than they ever when you finally see them. Yeah, they might I feel, be
0: but it- Well and I feel like <laughs> if you just don't sleep in it every day, you're probably okay. <laughs> that's
1: hey, Daniel, that's what yep. they- This was, like, Daniel's third time being brought back with it, and he was fine until he went into it
2: healthy. Right, exactly. And it's, you know, it's also, like, made a comparison. Like, the sarcophagus is is addictive, but it also keeps you alive and can heal any ailment up to recent death. So we should destroy it and never use it. Unlike you know... we, as we all know, we never use any medicine that may have addictive properties <laughs> here on, here on earth ever, right? Uh, it's not like, you know, literally when my partner was giving birth, they were piping morphine straight into her spine or anything. Um, anyway. <laughs> um, anyway. Yeah. So O'Neill is brought to the throne room where Daniel is like, Fully uh, sideways, laying down onto the throne like a big jackass, uh, and O'Neill like comments on it and says, "Oh wow, the man who would be king." And then like this, this fake art once again whacks <laughs> him in the back of the knee, and the co- he collapses onto his knees once again. Poor Jack. Uh, I feel like
1: I feel like you they're going to need to. Shouldn't have told the cop where, where he could hurt. Where he could just easily hurt you. Yeah, <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah. <laughs> I feel like they're going to need to put Jack uh, in in the sarcophagus just as a <laughs> as a sorry, yeah. you know, just, just like yeah, <laughs> the
2: the physical therapy sarcophagus session is what he needs basically. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, and like Jack's cry of pain as he collapses to the ground is what uh, wakes. Daniel up from his nap and he goes, Oh, hey, Jack. And he just kind of skips to the edge of the, of the dais and like he's giggling. <laughs> he sits down on, on the edge of it and he snaps at, at the guards to, to leave them alone like a douchebag. Um, and like, yeah. Clearly, like having absolutely no empathy for Jack, who is literally dying on his knees in front of him. He goes, Hey, buddy, everything's great. Actually, don't you worry a second. Uh, we're gonna get out tomorrow and, uh, it's gonna be fine, even though, you know, it's it's hard to even, uh, <laughs> to even like think that SG1 could have a chance at still being alive tomorrow, considering the condition they're in now and what we know they're. Subjecting them to down there, except maybe Teal, who has the whole Jafar thing powering him. Uh... Oh, yeah. Uh, Jack does bring up Hey, Daniel, do you think maybe you might be a little evil now, now or anything? <laughs> uh, Daniel doesn't even register the question. He goes, Yeah, we're leaving tomorrow because I agreed to marry Shyla. And for some reason, I guess, as part, so yeah, no, sorry. Pyrus is, is Pyrus dead now? He's already dead, I guess. No, he dies while they're on Earth later. He's just dying right now, and I I don't know if he's still in a position to be accepting or giving orders or anything, but anyway, apparently Daniel saying yes to Mary Shila is triggering the release of his friends for some reason. Um I guess I guess Shiloh was the one making decisions, and she was holding that uh hostage. <laughs> Weirdly enough, it's super dark. Anyway. Um yeah, so Daniel's like, yeah, it's fine. Oh, yeah, Pyrus is right there. He's not dead. He's still uh, walking, barely. Shava uh, is just help- helping him go to bed in his sarcophagus, um, which, you know, as we know, is not saving him anymore. This is the last time we see him in this episode. So Presumably he dies that night or something, while inside the sarcophagus, ironically enough. Um, and then, like, yeah, we-, we we have a nice sunrise scene at the Stargate, where, uh, where Shiloh is like g- saying goodbye to, to SG1 and saying, ah, uh, you know, my dad was great once. He's maybe a little bit of a jerk now. I hope you don't <laughs> hate him too much, but, uh, here you go. Have this complimentary basket of Nakwada on us. Don't worry a bit about it. And, uh, looking forward to seeing you at the wedding. <laughs> and Oni is like, yeah, thank you. Yeah.
1: yeah. <laughs>
2: Um,
1: there you go this is what what you've mined in the last two to ten days yeah
2: you get to keep like a nice ten percent of it yay um Daniel like plants a whole ass french kiss onto her lips as he's about to leave (laughs) Um, and he's like yeah uh, keep the lights on I'll be back just in just a jiffy to get married to you my fiance that I love bye bye and they just go through the Stargate and like the scene where they walk through the Stargate is very funny because Hammond is standing right there and he watches them walk out uh And, like, the the, the three minors uh, are completely fucked up. And Daniel is wearing uh, regal robes. And Oni is <laughs> like, uh, yeah, it was nice over there. Uh, we got some Nakoda. Daniel got engaged. Please close the Stargate. <laughs> he says he's going to go take a shower. Um, so, yeah, uh, Daniel obviously now is getting a physical with Frasier. Um uh, and, uh, no, wait, we've skipped over the physical, but this is like after this now. Um, the, the Carter is, uh, I guess sorting and like preparing the Naqueda to run tests on it and stuff. And Daniel is, is, is standing there and she goes like, uh yeah so we just had your physical and Fraser said that basically you are all the way fucked up my buddy uh you need to like sit down and relax and try to get it out of your system now because uh it's really bad over there and Daniel is in denial about it he's like no 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 i feel fine it's fine it's fine everything's fine um then we cut a little bit later and he's like kind of pacing back and forth and saying you know what I think really I was in love with this lady. I should go back to that planet right now and like marry her and get to use that sarcophagus some more, actually.
1: <laughs> and we get the first mention of Sheree in the entire episode. Yep.
2: And like, yeah, Sam says, hey, by the way, you already have a wife. I don't know what the laws of that planet or this planet are or whatever, but I don't think like you, you get to just marry again now. And like, Daniel, uh, it says that the, the one of like he says a lot of bad shit in this episode but he said had a wife like he's like in his fucking drug-addled mind he's just decided that shari is as good as dead now because uh it's it's easier for him to have an excuse to go back there and get a fix um he's
0: coming down (laughs) oh yeah
2: uh he's he's starting to sweat um Yeah, and like Carter tries tries to tell him that, hey, uh, we've already like we've we've solved this this problem, Daniel. We 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 realize now that the sarcophagus is just a narcotic, and it fucks up your brain, and you really need to not be pacing back and forth, and you need to (laughs) find a way to sit down and drink some water and like chill and like get some medical help and like flush this out of your system right now.
1: Uh, Is this where Carter says the absolute? Buck wildest shit she
2: has the entire episode about this? Um, uh, I don't know if I, I'm not sure which one you. F- is, sorry.
1: The sarcophagus is why the Gatwold are evil. Oh, yeah. Oh, they, yeah. Uh,
2: <laughs> yes. So, yeah, this is based. Th- this is like. I guess this is the follow up from the thing where she has Joldenar's memories telling her not to use it. And this is her filling in the blanks, I guess, and says, Hey, what if have you, have you considered that maybe since the Tokra don't use it? And as far as we know, even though we haven't met any of them, they're good. And the gold are evil, maybe maybe part of why is because like they keep using the sarcophagus and it turns them into jerks. And like this is I guess I guess this is canon. It it's it's accepted fact that this is the sarcophagus is part of what makes them evil, even though, you know, they I had to have been prob- evil. Yeah. You could say
1: it probably doesn't help. Yeah. But you know, with the whole being born godheads of an intergalactic religion is, you know, <laughs> yeah. probably a bigger contributing factor. Yeah. So,
2: so, so the canon explanation is it's the sarcophagus plus the genetic memory. Since like because of original Gould sin or whatever, all the all, all their offspring are also evil because because of, cause of gene- genetic memory. And yeah, and the the other thing is we know that the gold had to have been you know uh conquering warlords before they had sarcophagi because they stole that tech from someone else so logically that can't be the entire explanation but you know whatever it's yeah it for sure doesn't help uh that they're i guess all addicted to their little immortality box that they use (laughs) um and yeah when uh Carter tries to get all that across to him and he kind of snaps at her and slaps the table and scares her. And like he gets really personal and mean at Carter and says, "Hey, you've never been in love with anyone, have you?" And she's like, "Yeah, okay. Fuck you, buddy. This is clearly like the drugs talking now right now and we're not having a productive conversation." And and he kind of like breaks, remember, "Sorry.
1: Remember my ex fiance from last season?" <laughs>
2: Right? That's the other thing. She, she, she macked on sweet Noreen's lips last, last season. She, she had, you know, she had a fling. She had a one episode. <laughs> um, yeah. Um, anyway, yeah. Daniel break actually breaks something on his way out the room and she flinches, which is, uh, <laughs> some really great, uh, upsetting acting right there. Um, and then, yeah, we, we cut over to Hammond's office where O'Neill and Carter are, Talking to Hammond and says, "Hey, I think maybe we need to restrain Daniel until he's he's gotten rid of that because until he's gotten over that withdrawal and like flushed it out because uh, he's he might be getting violent if we let him slide deeper into this." Um, and then like right on cue, Daniel just barges into the rooms and slaps a sheet of paper down on Hammond's <laughs> desk and say, "It says basically." General Hammond, I resigned from my job here and would like to go back to this planet as a result. (laughs) And, like, O'Neill just rolls his eyes and says, are you fucking serious, man? Uh, (laughs) um, Yeah, uh, uh, Jack actually denies the request in Hammond's name as soon as he asks it. And, like, Daniel says, hey, I wasn't talking to you. And then, like, just passes out (laughs) from withdrawal. Uh, So, you know, he's doing fine. Uh,
0: <laughs> he's all right. He's he's good. He's uh, good. Yeah. So he so, doesn't need yeah. your help. He's fine. Yeah, he's fine. I'm just gonna <laughs> take a alone. nap on, the, on on
2: the floor of your <laughs> office right now. Um, <laughs> so yeah, Hammond calls Fraser over to just take him over to the infirmary where uh, she knocks him out with some nice sleepy juice uh, and goes, "I've you know I've run some tests and he's got all the bad drug shit in his system and uh, so he, he's strapped." Is he strapped to his bed? Yeah, no, he's not yet. He's going to be strapped to his bed later. Um, Because, like, yeah, he wakes up from that sedative he's supposed to have and tries to to get up and go away, and they just, like, hold him down and, like, stick another needle in him to really, really knock him out. Um... Yeah. And then like, they just talk some more about it. And like, Frazier says, I need to find some solution to help him. And I don't, I don't know how to. And it's I do not going to be really followed like up sh-
0: on. I really love the shot where they hit him with the, with the syringe. Cause it's so uh-huh. close on his face. And he's giving yep. a really good tortured, uh, 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 grimace there. You know, he's, yep. he's, yep. he's really going for it. Uh,
2: there's a lot of mugging. I, I feel like. Every once in a while, you get an episode where Michael Shanks was clearly hoping to get an Emmy nomination for his acting. (laughs) and This is that episode for this season. Uh, He did, by the way, uh, nothing in Stargate. Stargate has never gotten nominated for any Emmys uh, at any point through the entire franchise run, which is kind of a shame. But uh, there you go. Um, Anyway... uh, so, yeah, uh, they they knocked him out. They strapped him down to the bed. Uh, like, we cut to, like, he's woken up and he's, like, just struggling against his restraints, uh, clearly having a bad time. Uh, this, like, a, this next bit is a little slow, but they just, like, keep watch over him and uh, watch him with cameras and stuff. Uh, Fraser goes over to, like, look at his eyes and I guess he's managed to rip his restraints loose, because while she's doing that, he just, like, grabs her and throws her aside, like, over, flips her over his bed, and then a guard comes in, and he actually, like, before he can get his gun out, he just wails on him like a fucking chimp, like, he, he murders that guy. We don't, like, <laughs> it's, it's really brutal the way he's just, yeah. like, fucking punching him while he's down on the floor. Um Yeah. So, he runs out, uh, and, like, just a second later, uh, Jack glances at the camera and sees that he's not in his bed, and he just runs out and hits the alarm. He sees Fraser is getting back up, and she's fine, but she's a little bruised. Uh, and, like, he runs after Daniel. <coughs> he, like, corners him in a supply closet... Um, and yeah he enters he enters that supply closet and like he's looking for him and then fucking just he he took that guard's pistol i guess cuz he just shoots the fluorescent lights uh over jack <laughs> and they they have a little yell conversation where like hey d- d- daniel accuses jack of trying to kill him and jack's like no i'm not doing that i'm trying to I, i'm i'm trying to help you gandalf uh, impression right now um so yeah, they, they have a they have a bit where they fight a little bit and like O'Neill kind of rushes him and manages to get the gun out of his hand and like they they toss each other around a little bit, like collapse a bunch of shelves, uh, and that that ends up with Daniel just holding his gun on Jack and like staring at him and Jack just trying to talk to him reassuringly and Daniel e- e- eventually just like uh, breaks down and has a a, a nice fucked up like crying face and drops the gun and Jack just hugs him and that's it for the addiction because
1: uh,
2: <laughs> we cut to an that's, unknown amount of all you
1: need to treat it you just just need a good
2: hug you, you, you need a hug and like uh, a time lapse cut that like uh, of an unknown unknown amount of time later and now Daniel's fine and he's wearing a new pair of glasses because his old <laughs> one broke uh, but they're completely identical so I guess he if, just has sorry. if we
0: weren't under Cheyenne Mountain I feel like the transition should have been like to him on a porch looking yeah. at a sunrise yeah you know, because we're like, underground, so you don't get that.
2: <laughs> yeah, because like
1: Cause kick, eyeballs have stretched back out. K-
2: kicking a heroin addiction can take I don't know weeks, months. It uh, some sometimes some people never quite get rid of it. It's it's hard as hell, and this is like some weird sci-fi shit. So who knows how long that'll take? Uh, we don't know how long that took. Anyway, it's just completely abstracted. Um, <clears throat> anyway, we're in Hammond's office and uh, cleaned up. Daniel with glasses uh, walks in there and goes, "Hey, so uh, this is fucked up, but I think we should go we should go back to that planet now, uh, and they go, Hey, no, I don't think so, buddy." <laughs> <laughs> and he goes, no, wait, for a good reason this time, Uh, because first of all, the people of that planet are being enslaved to work in a mine, and we should help them. Second of all, they have nequita, and we need that, and also we have machinery to, you know, strip mine their stuff, and that's gonna, you know, we can get all the nequita and help them, and, like, we could just set a little aside to give to their ghost ghoul that they think they're serving, uh, and then, like, keep the rest for ourselves, and everyone wins. Uh... So, (laughs) that's the plan, I guess. Um, (laughs) So, they decide to do that. Uh, uh, And then, like, yeah, uh, Jack is not sure, but he eventually relents and decides to go. So, they go back, and the last scene of this episode is uh, the throne room where Shyla is now crying, uh, resting on the edge of the sarcophagus, much like one would uh, over... uh, a coffin of a dead, departed loved one, um, because, like, yeah, we can assume that Pyrus has died off-screen while 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 Daniel was kicking that addiction. Uh, and he he goes over and talks because to I her. Think, Sorry,
1: he, he is like crying right right over the open sarcophagus. I just kind of assumed he was in there.
2: <laughs> yeah, just like died. The, the, this might be the funeral. It's not clear. We don't see him anyway. Um... <clears throat> Um, there's no one else there either because, as we said, there's basically no extras for this episode. Um, but yeah, the, the, he, Daniel goes over No, no, wait, he's, he can't be in there because, because they're going to shoot the sarcophagus in a second. Um, uh, yeah, so he talks to her and he says, yeah, okay, I came back. I, I came back to tell you that, hey, I'm not, I'm not addicted anymore. I, I'm <laughs> clear-minded now. Uh, this was... This relationship was extremely toxic, and we should not have it, by the way. And he... She goes like, you never loved me. Uh, and He's like, kind of <laughs> like, goes, yeah, yeah, I mean, I came back, though. It's not like... I guess I take... I... That means I care on some level? But, you know, <laughs> yeah, no. I wouldn't describe it as love, exactly. Uh, it's too fucked up to be called that. Uh, anyway... Uh, Daniel's like trying to sell his plan that like, hey, we're gonna help you mine, but, uh, like part of the deal is we're gonna have to get rid of the sarcophagus for you because that's, it's fucked up what it did to me and like we can't let it do that to you too. Uh, and once again, like, they, they, they decide to... Actually, she just goes up and takes one of the staff weapons and shoots it. And much like in Hathor, that just, like, makes it go all sparkly and stuff and kills it. And, like, it, it smokes a little bit and it's dead. And that's the end of this episode. And
1: like Hathor. It doesn't frickin' explode. <laughs> no, it doesn't
2: blow up. Because in Hathor, it was one of the hand devices that did that. And this is a staff. So that's completely different. Uh, <laughs> much less dangerous. Uh, also, like, for a solemn final scene of the, of the episode where we don't want the characters to be in danger.
1: Um, yeah. I, I'm just still imagining, like, immediately after the, cu- after the cut, Daniel's like, okay, okay, now we need to go to the other side of the room very quickly. <laughs> <laughs>
2: oh, by the way, was, was your dad in there? Because he's not going to be anymore now. Sorry. Um, no, yeah, and, like, yeah, as mentioned... You would think they would just go, hey, you can't use this anymore, so how about we take it over to Earth, send that over to Area 51 and have the NID look at it and maybe figure out how this thing works so that we can get the useful stuff out of it without the addiction. But no, they don't even mention that. This is just another... Jimmy Dean moment where he's not here, but he would be losing his mind at them giving up <laughs> on a thing that they could have had at the end of
0: this episode. But they do, they, you know.
1: They got they got this time. It's they, not a they total
0: got total We've got we've that, got a new mineral to experiment with.
2: And right. Not
0: just not just put into ICBMs that we fire <laughs> into space and do nothing with. Right. Uh, I mean,
1: they're going to do that a lot too.
0: <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it's going to be science stuff,
2: it's going to be, like, reactors, they're going to experiment with energy production with that stuff, but yeah, they're going to have an ongoing supply of Naquida going forward, and we're never going to question where it comes from, and I guess this episode explains that they they have hookups that gives them Naquida. Wasn't Wasn't there Naquida on the planet from First Commandment? Uh, there was. I don't know if they would be able to convince the people on that planet to mine it. Cause like they have to live I mean, under they, they, an orange dome and you know, there was the whole awkward they, they, thing.
1: They gave them the dome. They gave them back the dome though. Yeah.
2: Maybe that's where they got that small quantity they put in the missiles and shot into space. I don't know. Uh, yeah. Might, might, might be like it's presumed that a, a whole bunch of planets are not going to mine because that's the, you know that's what Abydos was that's what the gold were using human slaves to mine uh yeah. so anyway anyway uh this one has it and that's it that's it for Need uh so next episode is Thor's Chariot which you know uh, kind of gives, gives away the game and the title right there we're gonna go back to the whole Thor plot line from last from last season and progress it very exciting um uh, Uh, we have a couple questions Uh, follow our Twitter at at and look out for the post asking for questions on the morning that we record and you might have them read on this podcast such as our friend Zach asking what is the fictional device slash power you think the creators most regret Uh, and also what do you think is less clunky retconning it or just doing like lightsabers and saying they can cut through anything and then that's just not true uh (laughs) <laughs> um, <laughs> I don't. I. It's, it, it's hard to tell, right? Uh, what's the? Oh, wait. I feel like oh, I forgot
1: the the. the, the I'm sure Re- sur- Re- sur- relevant to this podcast. Mm-hmm. Uh, the shooting something with a zap three times. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. the
2: one I was. I was trying trying to remember. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. They, they established that they're they're gonna do that exactly twice in season two, and then never mention it again, and then they're gonna make fun of it later on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah
1: which also answers the second one because yeah it's like it's technically still can and we're just never going to do it and don't don't think about it too hard right
0: um yeah because yeah. like you will see them using zats and i mean they'll just fire it off like it's a laser show yep you know and you're like well shouldn't like everything be f- Fucking disintegrating around here. Yeah, like.
2: yeah, yeah that, that's fucked up. And then also the Zats is weird because they're, they're going to have these like cover fighting scenes where there's someone firing a Zat at people their cover like many times, like you're in a sh- shooting game and trying to kill them. And like that, you know, but also they, that's the gun they use when they need to shoot someone exactly once to get them out of the way. It's, <laughs> it's, 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 it's like, yeah, it's two weird use cases that don't seem to go well together, uh, for the Zats. Um yeah and like yeah for lightsabers like what they did for lightsabers I don't think I get I guess they have implied that lightsaber okay there's too much star wars canon to remember everything that they've ever said <laughs> but uh <laughs> yeah like, a lightsaber can, has Whenever been shown... Whenever
1: there is something that a lightsaber can't cut through, it always surprises the Jedi in question, so... Right.
2: But it's always, like, energy shields or stun rods in the prequels, and then yeah. Beskar in, in the Mandalorian. There, yeah, um, there's
0: the Beskar, and then, like, mm-hmm. the, the books have the ore, mm-hmm. which, which shorts it out. That's what it does. Yeah, like exactly. it's it's weird, it's goofy... Yeah. Uh,
2: The thing is, the thing with Star Wars is that it's magic, so whatever. Like, there's the whole, you know, the Darksaber is a dumb power escalation thing at Star Wars. And now the most notable Star Wars product out there has it as a central MacGuffin (laughs) ongoing. So we get to think, to keep thinking about how they made up lightsabers, then they made up armor that can block lightsabers, and then they made up a super lightsaber that can. I actually cut through Beskar but it's not being wielded (laughs) by a Jedi now because it's the Mandalorian ceremonial sword of the king and whatever so now we're super fucking removed from lightsaber being a Jedi sword but you know whatever I do do not like the darksaber lore (laughs) (laughs) I I think Dave Filoni (laughs) fucking rode himself into a corner with the darksaber and now it's just hanging around the neck of the franchise and we're gonna see (sighs) where
0: it goes did Filoni write that, or was that when Clone Wars was still under uh, Lucas, or was he was he Wait, there at no, the same I, time? Lucas
1: wasn't really doing any writing on it; he just was producer. Yeah, I, I guess I'm that's pretty sure. I,
2: I, and like the Dark Saber is from fairly late; it's like season three or four of Clone Wars that it started. So I think that was like we were in the Filoni era when that started. I'm not sure. Yeah, because I
0: because I remember I because I, I was reading the uh, the Republic Commando books. Mm-hmm. And then they just stop because they because they changed the way uh uh that Mandal that uh Mandalore mm-hmm. was. Like they're yeah. like, oh no, uh the uh, the modern, I suppose. Uh yeah. Mandalorians are mostly peaceful and that like <laughs> totally shit cans the entire uh Yeah uh the whole yeah. premise of the
1: books, <laughs>
2: yeah, but yeah, this is, this is the whole EU stuff. I mean, yeah,
1: everything I've seen behind the scenes of it. Um, when George Lucas still was in charge of Lucasfilm, mm-hmm. working on any kind of Star Wars property, was just hoping he wouldn't notice you and to come <laughs> in and say something stupid. You have, you have to work with, yeah,
2: yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, and uh, speaking of Mandalorians, there's the whole thing where. They start showing up in Clone Wars, and you see them without their helmets all the time. You have Bo Katan and the others, and there's uh, what's her what's her name in Rebels. Uh, and oh, um, a- yeah, yeah. And then Mandalorian starts. And all of a sudden, it's like a thing that Mandalorians never ever take off their helmets and you go, well, wait, we've seen a bunch of them without them on. So now there's a cult within the Mandalorians that keep their helmets on all the time. But there's that- secular ones that don't care about that. And it's just so happened that all the ones we've seen up to now have been the secular ones, including, I guess, Jango Fett. It's not super clear if he's a full-on Mandalorian or if he just has their armor. It's not clear. Anyway...
1: Yeah, I done- mean I think it's reasonable. <laughs> it's just like, you know, they are reform there are reformist and orthodoxy <laughs> right. yeah. it's, it's,
2: it's just they keep adding layers of complexity to like fix previous contradictions. It's just Star wait, that's Star Wars. That that's that's all that's all brand writing when you have to deal with decades of canon, Pretty it much. always gets to that point. <laughs> yeah. It's it's the equivalent well, and, and
0: of Yeah. Well, and it and it is disappointing because like yeah, the the cornerstone of of the whole Republic Commando things like there's mm-hmm. there's several things that changed, but mm-hmm. one of them was that with the with the Mandalorian culture being an adoptive culture, yep. they are f- more strongly attached to family, mm-hmm. uh, 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 kind of stuff. Yeah, um, which w- they're trying to do in in this one, but yeah, well, that's that's uh, the whole Grogu thing. That's what. It, yeah, 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 but like that was the whole uh, uh, push in the books was because like all the clones, uh, which are all Jango Fett, mm-hmm. uh, and they're all fucking orphans. Uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> like it's 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 a it's a real focal point. Yeah, uh, and you just you don't really get that anymore. Yeah, and like, anymore. Now,
2: yeah, and none of the stuff there's no connection between the clones and the Mandalorian's that we've seen in any of the modern post EU uh Star Wars stuff. Like I yeah. I don't know I don't know if the bad batch is going to run into a Mandalorian and explore that at some point or whatever, but I, my hopes aren't up very much.
1: was not there some interaction between Mandalore and clones in Clone Wars? It's, I, yes, it's there, there were because yeah, they yeah, go but. to
2: Mandalore and they meet Bogten and her sister and whatever. Uh, I don't remember yeah. all of it, but yeah, they they go there with Obi Wan and Anakin, and there's the whole arc there. But they don't yeah. they don't really explore the fact that the clones are clones of a Mandalorian. Like you, like you you heard me hesitate to say Jango Fett was a Mandalorian because I'm honestly not sure
0: anymore. Even though I feel like that's been established, but yeah, I know uh, I know it. <sighs> And I don't. I, it, it's hard to tell what is old canon and what is new Disney canon.
1: Yeah. Uh, Especially since new Disney canon will just sometimes pick something up from old canon and be like, "No, this is canon. Yeah. This is canon again." Yeah. Don't worry yeah. About
2: yeah. It. yeah. Like Thrawn like, is a it, like Thrawn has been on Rebels and he's gonna be in Ahsoka. He's
1: be in the Ahsoka yeah, show. Yeah. Which, okay. Sure.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Whatever. I, Thrawn showed I, up I, I still, and I was like, "Wow, this dude is super lame." <laughs> yeah. And and then on the other <laughs> I,
1: I think if they're going to make anything with Thrawn you should make it in this style. St- you should make it in the style of West Wing but you just throw in Star Wars words but it is basically just walking and talking through a spaceship. Oh my Pretty god, right.
0: that's fantastic. No, everyone else is walking and talking. He's just standing there.
2: <laughs> right. They're, they're
0: all they're all talking around walk. him. He,
2: he he's the one that people walk to. Um. That, you, you know what?
0: That would be even better. It, no scene he moves. He's yeah, always, he's just always he,
2: standing. You, you never see him. You cut to a different
0: scene and he'll be there, but
2: there's no transition. <laughs> oh, that's great. Put, <laughs> put us in charge of Star Wars. We have great ideas like that. But yeah, and I was going to say also, you have that where they, they just have Thrawn show up in canon and then... Also, you have Cassian Andor and Jin Urso, which are clearly Kai Katarn and Jan Ors, but they've just made new characters to replace them now. It's it, they just Disney just does whatever the fuck they want, I guess.
1: Uh. I mean, it's it's fine. You have lots. There are lots. Star Wars has a long history of people who are very clearly the same person, uh-huh. but they're just also there. Yeah.
2: Like, Going back to Dash, Dash Randar. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, <laughs> okay. Uh, this has been our Star Wars podcast, Jaffa Takes. Uh, you can also send us an email to jaffatexpodcast at gmail.com. You can join our, uh, our Discord channel onto the End audio entropy Discord server. Uh, link in the description. You can, join, you can also follow my regular Twitter at The Real Simben. Uh, M, where can people join you? Uh, You can find me at MF Healy on Twitter. Great. Kavika, any last words or uh, wisdom for our listeners?
0: Uh, Yes. Don't become addicted Mm -hmm. to addictive things. (laughs) That's very true. (laughs) That's the moral of this episode. Don't do that. Ask your mom. <laughs> or, or and or dad, which are good, uh, which, uh, which are bad, which are good and which are bad. <laughs> that's right. You
2: got it. You you got you got the lesson from this PSA and also this Stargate episode. All right, join us next week for Thor's chariot on Listen up, mister,
1: and you too, sisters.
2: Let's talk about something that's a real brain twister.
1: Can make you better When you're feeling ill Drugs, drugs, drugs Push up you, push up that Drugs, drugs, drugs Drugs. Drugs. Ask your mama, ask your cat There's lots of other drugs That sure have a
2: flaw Watch it now, man It's trouble with the law